Radio Football Show. Download the Go Radio app to listen live weeknights from five. It's the theme tune that sometimes catches you by surprise. <laughs> yep, we're on air. The Go Radio Football Show on a Wednesday. Celtic are going to be without Captain Callum McGregor plus star summer signings Kyogo and Abada when they relaunch their European campaign in almost exactly 24 hours' time. They're back in Seville where they played in the UEFA Cup final in 2003 and they're up against Real Betis in their Europa League Group G opener. So some uh, key players missing, Marv, for Celtic in what is a really big game for them tomorrow. Yeah, definitely. You know, they could have done with those players for sure. But I think Angers start to build a strong squad. Um, you know, so we speak about opportunity all, all the time in football. So, you know, the players that come in for these, you know, have to take your opportunity, don't you, wherever it comes. Um, you saw Jay do it at, at the weekend, you know, with a couple of goals. So whoever gets to replace these two on, on, on a fabulous night, um, you know, I'm sure they'll enjoy themselves. And I say go and put out a performance. We're going to piece it together just what Ange Postacoglu's team might be for that game tomorrow, 5.45 kickoff. Rangers will be without Philip Hillander until December after their Swedish defender underwent knee surgery on the back of going off injured in Perth at the weekend. The good news for the Scottish champions is that Conor Goldson is clear of self-isolation and he will be in his usual place at Ibrox tomorrow night for Stephen Gerrard's 50th game, would you believe, as Rangers manager. It's against Lyon, and even without Moussa Dembele in their team, Chris Burke, it's going to be tough, isn't it? It's going to be tough, yes. Yeah. You know, Dembele's one that's left out, but they've still got a lot of firepower up front. I'm sure they just spent £9.5 in Shakiri, so... And they've got Ekim Bambi, I think, if I've spelled it right. Um, oh, so they've, they've got um, firepower anyway. up front. So it's going to be a really, really tough game um, against them, uh, Leon outfit. But one that I'm sure they'll relish. Yep, absolutely. Back to business Champions League last night, tonight, Europa. Uh, tomorrow night, and Rangers and Celtic both involved. Real Betis um, in Seville, 5.45 tomorrow is the start. And then it's Rangers against Leon. At Ibrox, uh, Rangers going into the game as Premiership leaders, courtesy of their win in Perth at the weekend, coming back from a goal down. Is that where they are going to stay for the season now? Rangers on top of the pile, 0808 17 17 700. If you want to join us in the football discussion, what do you think about that independent review of the SPFL that's been commissioned by five Premiership clubs? Uh, to make more money, basically, out of Scottish football. Uh, I guess it's almost a vote of no confidence in the way that it's being run at the moment. We'll talk about that. And, again, racist abuse rearing its ugly head in our game again with Airdrie's Rico Kitongo saying that more needs done to deal with the people he calls cowards. Um, let's just get straight to that one. Um, here's what he said I uh, can't believe this is Rico Kitongo of Airdrie can't believe I'm actually writing this but here goes Saturday at my football game away to Queen's Park I was subjected to racial abuse by one of my own Airdrie supporters now as I'm not surprised with this still in football I'm more hugely disappointed to hear it from a section where my family would normally be sitting thankfully my family weren't there but it makes no difference it shouldn't be in football says Rico and I absolutely don't deserve to be personally abused for my skin colour. I'm all for banter with fans, etc., but I will not tolerate it whatsoever. I'm proud to be black and proud to be who I am. I may not be the best footballer for fans, but I shouldn't be singled out, period. The club have a pending investigation and are supporting me as much as they can. But you can't always 
catch the idiots that make these remarks, which upsets me. This is not a cry for sympathy, as it's the last thing I'd want. But more needs done for cowards to change. Marv. Yeah, um, you know, I spoke to Rico on the way here, actually, um, about this incident. It's been the first time I've been able to speak to him, obviously, since he sent the tweet out. Uh, I'm fully with him. You know, first and foremost, I'm there to support him um, as a person. I know just how horrible it is. I've been on the receiving end of it. Um, you know, one thing that did come out of it was that a teammate's father said to the guy that, you know, that's that's out of order. You shouldn't be saying these things. Um, but listen, we kind of put the point the finger rather at other places in Europe, and, and now it, you know it's rearing its head here. And, and I want to see what's done about it. Um, there's a few things that I won't speak about on air that I spoke to Rico about that, that I'm not happy with um, that, that's gone on since since the incident. And, you know, it's time for people to, to basically launch this investigation and very, very quickly find out what's going on and, and who it was. Um, you know, if that's not done, then, as I said, you know, I'll, I'll put myself at the forefront again with Rico about this and, and we'll speak about the things that should have been done that weren't done. Um, it's no longer acceptable. Um, I don't think it, it should have ever been accepted, but it seems for a time that it had been. Um, and, you know, it's a 22-year-old boy, you know, and I spoke to him and he said, like you said, his, his mum and his brother were due to be at the game. And, and luckily enough for him, his, uh, his brother was running late, so they weren't there. Um, but listen, it's horrendous. You know, if he hears that and, and his mum's in there, the first thing you're going to go in there is think about your mum and try and protect her. Mm. There's no way that somebody should be going to football and saying these things. And, and as I said, you know, something needs to be done about it. And hopefully this investigation's a nice quick one. And, and it's no longer, you know, people just talking about what they're going to do. You know, go and actually do it. Because if they don't, then you know I'm, I'm happy to call them out. It's getting tiresome, uh, Chris Bark, isn't it? It's, mm -hmm. it's uh, coming up again and again, but it's horrific stuff. As you know, you know, 22 years of age. I actually didn't know his age, but you know, it's it's horrible to even think if his family were there, Marvin. Mm -hmm. um, that, that's when you when you see that what he's wrote wrote down. You know, it, it's really hurtful, isn't it? It's shocking, shocking. That, that people still to this day think it's acceptable to give racial abuse. I just don't see it. I, something needs to be done. Actions need to be taken place, not just words and disciplinary. It has to come really firm for me. Um, whether that's they have some sort of, you know, ghost fans about the stadium, which would probably help, I think, and instantly then they know they can't be saying these things. You know, they're just uneducated, whether that's learned or, you know, behaviour learned, Marvin. Mm -hmm. Um so, you know, it's shocking. You have to, he said, you know, we have to catch these idiots, you know, and that's him being actually kind. Yeah. Really, yeah. really kind, you know, and being kind to the word saying of cowards as well. You know, we can't say on air what we actually feel. Mm -hmm. And it's hard to express your feelings through words sometimes, yeah. isn't it? And I think that's definitely what's happening right now. Yeah, we're, we are getting plenty of words. Um, what we're not getting, Marv, is plenty of action. What, what, what can be done? What would you like to see happening here? Well, first and foremost, I want, I want the person caught who, who's done this. Um, as I said, you know, he was heard within the crowd. Um, one person actually stuck up for Rico, um, a teammate's father, and, and said it's unacceptable. Um, let's get a description of this person. There's got to be cameras within the stadium. There's got to be cameras around the stadium. Um, you know, all fans come out at the same sort of time. So, so if we want to do something about it, let's go, let's go the whole way and trying to do that. Um, as I said, you know, going into a football ground and, and racially abusing anybody is unacceptable. Doing it to one of your own players is, is even worse for me. And and the boy's 22 years of age. As he said, you know, he, everyone has a bad game. And and I think now some people are thinking, you know, you can say it on social media. So now into society, people are now saying it and they think it's just another insult. And I've said this many times, you know, when somebody racially abused me and, and it's happened to me, I can't describe the pain that you feel from that. 
you know, as I said, you know, Rico says you have bad games and people say, oh, you've not been very good today. I'll give you another insult about your ability or anything else. When it comes to my skin colour, you know, it's tough. It's tough. And I'm saying that, you know, I was in my 30s when it happened to me. He's 22 years of age. I don't know how I react to that. You know, at that age, I don't know how I react to that. And one day something's going to happen because, you know, I've spoken to players, I'm not talking about Rico here, but other players it's happened to and they've been so down. And I and I worry about their mental health, by the way, yeah. you know, what they're going to go away and do. And, and what's going to happen? Someone is going to do something to the extreme and then we're going to be like, oh, you know, let's sort this out. Let's do it now. Yeah. You know, we, we, we can't wait anymore. Let's do something about it now. And, and I hope it's done, as I said. If, it, if it's not done and, and, and I feel that there's been an opportunity missed and, and I'm happy to call people out because, yeah. you know, my career doesn't matter to me. You know, my, my skin colour matters to me a lot more than, than, than my career does. And, yeah. and if it means the end of my football career or anything else, because some people see that I shouldn't be saying the things that I'm saying, then so be it. How, how was Rico when you spoke to him? Yeah, no, listen, uh, he's upset. Um, but he's a, he's a well-educated boy, as Berkey kind of said there about education. He's a well-educated boy. We spoke about it. Um, you know, he sounds said, he sounds vulnerable there in the words, Marv, and yeah. that really hurts. Yeah. You know, see, see when he said there when I was reading it, I, I might not be the best footballer. You know, it shouldn't even take to how bad a footballer you are or how good a footballer. That doesn't come into it, does it? But you can tell by his vulnerability. Yeah. You mm. know, he feels insecure, and he yeah. should never feel insecure about the colour of your skin. Yeah. Never. He sat in his car after the game, though. That was the thing. He he actually played another game, and he said he just didn't feel like he was out there. He's worried about his mum, although she was kind of away from kind of the area that with other fans. Sorry, she was in a box. But he said I was just worried about that after mm -hmm. the game. He said I'm I'm not really happy. I'm normally a bubbly character. So I just sat in my car and I had to write this. So when did it happen, Marv? Do you know? I, I think it was last week. So he's he's played another game since. Yeah. So but what what minute did it happen? Oh, I'm not sure. I'm not I'm not sure how far into the game it, it happened. And it's... But he didn't find out till after, so he didn't actually hear it. Right. Okay. What had happened is is one of his teammates, uh, his teammate's father heard it, and then right. he had told his son, right. and okay. who then told him. Um, but Berkey, as I said, you know, if you hear these sorts of things, you possibly could go in the crowd and you're putting everyone else in danger, mm -hmm. you know, because I, I couldn't personally run past somebody saying that to me, yep. you know, and I, and I think I'm quite strong mentally, but these things cut very, very deep and, and you know, you're kind of reactive to, to the situation. And You can't excuse your actions after that, yeah, no matter exactly. what somebody, if that's something that's said to you. No, I don't care what anybody mm -hmm. says, don't do this, don't do that. Yeah, I don't care. And your yeah, mum's yeah. in there as well. Yeah, exactly. Actions. It's shameful stuff. It really is. And just a couple of days after Celt uh, after Chelsea pledged uh, to take the strongest possible action after a video circulated on social media of a spectator allegedly using abusive language of a sectarian nature uh, towards Aston Villa's John McGinn, the club have launched an investigation into abuse apparently directed at the Scotland midfielder as he prepared to take corner during Saturday's. Premier League match at Stamford Bridge, which Chelsea won 3-0. Uh, the club appealing for help in identifying the alleged culprit. What on earth is yeah. going on in a Chelsea-Aston Villa game when uh, John McGinn is the subject of uh, alleged sectarian abuse? I, Rob, I, I know. It's, it's, and the thing is, I don't know if John heard that or not, but it's, still, it, you should, it's not acceptable again. Um, I've, I've, I've been abused by that as well and in, in my, during my time as a footballer you Did know, you report it? I didn't yeah. you know and maybe I should be more forceful in that um, back in the day when I was a young kid mm -hmm. um, it's, it's a bit more difficult as you know you, you, you try and seek help from somewhere but it's, it's great we've got the likes of you know Marvin to help young mm. Gutongo there I didn't have anything really like that back in the day mm -hmm. but again it's, it's unacceptable and hopefully it gets investigated Quickly, not 
not long term, it doesn't take five or six weeks. It's so simple how to take action against these people. So simple. And that's why I'm talking about just off the cuff thinking about having these ghost fans plotted about the stadium so they know and they'll probably then think twice about it. And that doesn't make it right because they're probably still racist mm -hmm. and they're probably still against, they're probably still um, say sectarianism. But at least it, the, the, it'll kind of try and eradicate it a little bit. That's yeah. a start. That's all it is. It's just a start. Um, and then we take the action from there. Let's speak to Colin, who's an Airdrie fan. Hi, Colin. Hello there. Hi. Um, what, how much did, did you know at the time and, and what, what are you thinking about ha what happened uh, uh, to Rico? No, I, I hadn't... Listen, is that Rob? It is, yes. Right, Rob, I, I, I listened to the show. Uh, I, I'm an Airdrie supporter. I, I listened to all the bits and pieces. I was at the match last night where... Uh, some of our own supporters were given friendly, uh, <laughs> friendly abuse to Barry Ferguson. Uh, but Enrico was playing. I know the guys that sit around me uh, are all, you know, they're, they're really taken with the guy. And as I said to the chappie on the intro, I've never felt like phoning a show as much as I heard that stuff that Marv was talking about. He's spoken to Rico. Yep. And uh, it was at the, by our own supporter. Yeah. The Queen's Park game against kids. One, I, I said to the guy, I'm appalled. Appalled that one of our own supporters, if he was having a bad game or whatever like that, would shout something about his colour. So I just thought I'd come on and. Yeah, well, you're, you're talking. You're, you're, you're not just talking to Rob, you're talking to, to Marv as well and, and Chris Burke. Yeah, yeah. We've been talking about it, Colin. I mean, it's just. We're all appalled, Marv, about it, aren't we? Yeah, no, we definitely are. And you can hear it in Colin's voice there, you know, kind of the shock and, and the disgust in it. Uh, one, one thing, you know, when people do these sorts of things, whether it's racism or sectarianism, they're not supporters of the football club. They just happen to be in the ground because you can't say these things about you know, somebody's skin colour, somebody's religion and be a real supporter of your football club and you're offending some of your own, you know. And, and that for me, you know, Colin, yeah. it's not a it's not a slight on, on Airdrie fans because, you know, you, the 99% no, no. of you are absolutely fantastic. So this, this one individual, you know, shouldn't change anything that anyone, you know, thinks about the club or views the club. And as I said, he's, he's, he's not a supporter of your football club. He just so happens to be in, in the stadium. So, listen, I, I can hear the, the appeal in your voice and... You know, that, that, that makes me feel good. And, you know, hopefully Rico's listening in. And if not, I'll pass it on to him. You know, anything that you want to say, because, as yeah. I said, it's a young man who's trying well, to earn his trade. Yep. And, and what we need can to I happen here, Colin, is what, what we're looking for here is, is you, you, you can say whatever you want back to Marv at the moment. But what I was going to say to you, Colin, was, was that mm -hmm. what we need here is self-policing, isn't it, within a crowd situation where you weed these idiots out. Because they're well, giving because they give, they're I giving your club a bad name, aren't they? Well, I, I never thought I'd actually hear it from our side, mm -hmm. uh, and to hear that it was in every in the so-called of the supporters area. But I'm glad Marv is saying that uh, a teammate's father had outed the guy and a description to the the club. And I've spoken to many of the people at the club in the past. Uh, about various issues and uh, I've been dealt with really nicely and I've always listened to what you've had to say and I'm, I'm hopeful that with a bit of identification we could uh, nail this so-and-so mm -hmm. and uh, get him out. Yeah, I mean, that, what, what's needed, Chris, here is 
is stiff punishment, yes. isn't, isn't it? Oh, of course it is. That, that's, that's the only language, if you like, well, that, 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 mm -hmm. that these people are going to understand. Of course, and I'm, I'm sure Colin would, would, would be happy to, to see what action would be taken against the, the so-called cowards, but they were an idiot, or we want to call them, and we can't call them anything else, but... There's just no room for it at all. Yeah, and Marv's totally right. He's not a fan. He's not a fan at all. And do you know what? It's probably not even the first time either, Marv. And yeah. he's, he's just been caught this time. Yeah. That's it. He's yeah. just been caught. So uh -huh. um, yeah. it's obviously happened now. And then we'll see from there. But Airdrie, I don't know if they released a statement or they're investigating it. Well, they know. are investigating. No, yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, rightly so, they should be. But it needs to be quick action, not five or six weeks. Just quick action. And then maybe people will maybe hopefully learn that that is totally unacceptable. And hopefully Rico is getting the, the, the right sort of support as he, well. Yeah, he, de he definitely is. You know, he said the club have been absolutely fantastic. Um, you know, he, he's got his yeah, mum well, and his brother. Yeah, well, he's a supporter that's thrown in the same. Yeah, mm -hmm. no, exactly, Colin. And as I said, you know, the club have been brilliant with him, his family also. And, you know, people have reached out to him, um, people who know him, people who don't know him. I'd never come across Rico until... You know, I'd seen what had happened, mm. um, so I've spoken to him as well. And listen, he, he's as I said, he's a clever young man, and he he's upbeat about. It. Yes, he, he's extremely upset about what's happened. Um, you know, he said he was worried about actually writing it out and sending it out there, but he says he has to. Um, you know, we we need we yeah. need change, and you know, Rico Rico wants to change as well. So, and, I, and I'm sure you know, 99% of the Airdrie fans do as well. So. Listen, as I said, hopefully we get to the end, uh, to the bottom of it, as Berkey said as well, with the investigation and everything else. But in terms of Rico, you know, he seemed fine, and, and I'll speak to him again tomorrow, and I'll speak to him as often as I need to. It's good, he, he's, you know, oh, he, he, should, good. he should be proud of himself for what he done today. Mm. Yeah. He really should. Yeah. He shouldn't feel embarrassed, man. Yeah. He, he, he should be proud of what he, he, he wrote there. Yeah. He's actually took a stance, I'm and sure. something's happening about it. Because if he never wrote that, next week it could have been something. Yeah, and that fan could have ended up in the oh. stadium again. Yeah. yeah. Well, let, let's hope we get the right the right outcome here. One uh, more point, Rob. Yes, yes, Colin. I've listened to various phone phone callers coming in and uh, making their various contributions. Their name escapes me at the moment, but there's some really good guys that come on and make their point uh, very strongly. Uh, but I would support Mar and any player of colour that's that then takes a stance that says, you know what, enough's enough. I'm saying to the ref, I'm walking off. That's yep. enough. Yeah, we only we only we all need to fight the fight, don't we? Oh, good lord! I'm six. Listen, I'm sixty-five. I've been going to Avery since I was ten, yep. and I've heard various shouts and catcalls, etc., etc., and none more than the famous Fergie that used to support Hamilton yeah. Matties yeah. and the abuse he gave players at matches. But not once did he shout anything that was detrimental no. to the way they. Mm -hmm. Well, we didn't have. Oh, yeah, but anyway, Mark, support you all the way, my man. Thank you, Colin. And really Colin, thank, uh, thanks a lot for giving yeah. us a call. It's been good to have you on the show. Good to hear your your support for Rico and your abhorrence at what at what went yes, on. Indeed. You take care of yourself, Colin. All the best. Right. Many thanks, lads. Good man. That's Colin from Airdrie uh, reacting to the uh, Rico Kitongo story. What we're going to be doing next on the Go Radio Football Show is talking about who's in and who's out for Celtic and Rangers just 24 hours away from their return to European action. The Go Radio Football Show. Download the Go Radio app to listen live weeknights from five.
Well, that's us off and running on the Go Radio Football Show for our Wednesday. Didn't really get the chance to introduce ourselves at the top <laughs> of the show. Uh, we just launched straight into it. Rob McLean, Chris Burke and Marvin Bartley. Yeah. And uh, already just about 26, 27 minutes into the show. And of course, big day tomorrow, a big night tomorrow night for both Rangers and Celtic. Back in European action, it's the start of the group stages uh, for the Europa League. And uh, for Rangers and for Steven Gerrard, it's a 50th European match as the gaffer. I hope they get more and more special, but the only way to do that is to get results against these big teams. You know, when the high-level opponents come into Ibrox or we're on our travels, we need to make sure we keep impressing ourselves yeah, and doing as well as we can. I've really enjoyed the, the, the ride and the journey from a personal point of view. In terms of rating myself, I don't really do that. You can only give your best. I think that's for you guys to, to judge and, and have your opinion on it. But for me, I've loved it. I love being involved in European games. I did as a player and I'm really enjoying the ride as a manager as well. That's an eight o'clock kickoff. Rangers against Leon at Ibrox tomorrow night. Earlier on, 5.45 start for Celtic against Real Betis. And it's back to Seville where it all happened for Celtic in the UEFA Cup final of 2003. This time against Real Betis um, with a patched together team by the looks of it uh, how can they perform as Celtic uh, go back to uh, that location in Spain that means so much yeah look as I said before I mean there is historical significance and, and, and you know I mean I'm, I'm at Celtic Park now when you walk around there are images you know whether that's of Martin O'Neill or or our fans on that day um, you know the, the the past experiences in Seville and in European competitions. Um, they're everywhere, and of course that they, they have an impact. And um, you know it would have been great if we had some travelling support um, across there because it's a journey you want to share with with your supporters. But irrespective, um, you know you you understand the historical significance, but it also kind of motivates you to to kind of make your own stamp. Um, and that's what I keep saying for this team is that they've got an opportunity to create their own moments in, in, in this you know, great football club's history and, and create nights that hopefully can be talked about by future generations of players who come through these, uh, through these doors. Now, remember Alex Woodward, he's the plumber from Bothwell who uh, ran from Hamden to Wembley to see Scotland playing in the Euros. He ran 15 marathons in 15 days to raise money for the building of a, a football centre in Glasgow's East End. And uh, Alex is with us on the show live from Seville. Hi, Alex. Hi, guys. How you doing? It's good to talk to you again. And good to talk to you uh, as well. How, how are things? You didn't you didn't run to Seville, did you? No, no. Do you know what? I was thinking about running, but it, it's actually <laughs> amazing how much time it takes off if you take a plane and a vehicle. So <laughs> yeah, it wouldn't be 15 days this time. It would probably be about 15 months to, to, to get there. Um, rem, remind us about what you did uh, during the Euros, Alex, and how that all went. Love it, loving the background noise, by the way. <laughs> I, well, do you know what? I actually moved away because my intention was to have no background noise. Because, <laughs> um, I'm not responsible for what these guys sing or say. But um, yeah, so in, in June, uh, on the 4th of June, I started off my, my journey from Hampden to Wembley. And the idea behind it was I was going to run a marathon a day, 15 marathons in 15 days. And the cause was to build a community centre. Yeah. for underprivileged kids in Glasgow Green. So since that happened, I actually, I called, Go Radio got in touch with me. I spoke with them. I explained to them how I didn't have a ticket for the game. Um, at that point, I think we'd raised about £18,000. After speaking with Go Radio, 
Willie Hockey got in touch with me. He promised to donate 50% or, or double whatever I raised. Mm-hmm. And, um, and yeah, that, that's what happened. So we completed the challenge and we've raised up to £100,000. Wow. So wow. That is amazing. In, that's incredible. That's amazing. Uh, so, so is it all? Is it full steam ahead now for the, for the building of the centre or, or what happens next, Alex? Yeah, so a lot of people were asking me questions like, Alex, now that you've done the run, what's happening? Give us an update. Uh, what's going on? So, yeah, what's happening is I met with Fanart on Monday and we are, at, at, at this minute in time, there was two government grants that are worth a quarter of a million each, but they had to prove uh, proof of funds in the bank before we could access them. Mm-hmm. So by raising 100,000, we've effectively raised 600,000. And the investors are on board. Everybody's on board. So it's, it, it is really, it is full steam ahead. Wow. Um, and I'm just, I'm die. So the, the, it was a dream. Mm. And thanks to the listeners, thanks to everyone who got involved. It's literally becoming a reality. So it's, it's not a matter of if, it's now a matter of when. And it's crazy, it's crazy. You are a star. What a fantastic story, Chris Burke. Amazing story. And what was your, what would you think you were going to raise at the start, Alex? Um, well, to be honest, I thought I was going to raise around about £100,000. Nah, I'm all joking. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've got 600 now, so... Aye, well, see, first, I'll be honest with you, I, when I, I created the page, and the page said £10,000 on it, and then two people said to me, like, oh, hold on a second, like, with um, with the whole background story, everything that's going on, like, we think you'll, we think you'll beat that. So I, I set it to 50000 and when I set it to 50000 it was um, it was quite naive. I, I, at no point I thought I would raise fifty thousand, but we actually did raise fifty thousand. And the only reason it got to a hundred thousand was because Lord Billy Hockey and Southall Hunter they promised to um, double whatever we raised. But see, when they made that promise, it was live on air. Mm-hmm, I think yeah. at that point we raised eighteen. I think at that point we raised eighteen thousand. So amazing. They must have been absolutely devastated when they saw it went up to fifty. <laughs> the, thing, the thing is, Alex, now that you you've raised that amount of money. You're that good at it. You're going to have to do it again. So how's, well, you, how's your fitness? Got, well, everybody, everybody. Well, how's my fitness? Do you know what I mean? Do I even need to answer that? <laughs> <laughs> no, everybody said to me, "You need to come up with a new challenge." So obviously, hand into men believe is like a big running task. Um, I've got I've got it in the locker, and I'm I'm actually began training for possibly swimming the channel. Wow! Right. <laughs> so this is a first so, you're telling us yeah. in. We're here, you, you, we're here, you, here on Go Radio. What's what's the next project? Aye, this is this is an exclusive. We're going to swim the channel. We're going to go from um, Dover to Calais, and when we get to Calais, um, yeah, when we get to Calais, we're going to go straight to Seville because the, the Europa League finals there. So hopefully, we make it in time. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like a plan. All uh, for some free tickets, huh? I know. I know. <laughs> the things you'll do, you think you'll do to get a ticket, and, and I mean. Alex, how's your health? Because obviously it was a it was a cancer scare, wasn't it, that, that sparked this whole challenge off? Yeah, so what happened was I be, I was diagnosed with a tumour and it took about 12, 12 to 14 weeks for them to tell me that the tumour wasn't cancerous. So I went through multiple MRI scans, um, CT scans, biopsies, and he says, Alex, it's not cancerous. However, we need to do an MRI scan every six months. Mm-hmm. So if the tumour grows at all in six months, they're going to operate. And by by the NHS operating will result in me losing the ability to use my right leg. So that's the whole reason why I decided to do this challenge because if I wake up tomorrow and they say, right, Alex, we need to operate, you'll lose the ability of your right leg, at least for the rest of my life I'll be able to say, well, do you know what? I've done this and I built that. 
that that was the whole yeah. idea of it. So yeah. so far, so far, so good. Yeah, um, we've, we've completed the run, and I'm still have full function my right leg. So amazing. So, well, so lo- yeah, long may that long may that continue. Um, and and you know, obviously, you're a man in a hurry for that for that very reason. But let, let's hope let's hope there's some good news um, coming your way. Um, you're in Seville. Uh, you're, you're is it is it does it feel like a bit of a pilgrimage being in Seville? That 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 uh, name that means so much to Celtic fans, Alex. Yeah, well, uh, it means a lot to Celtic fans. Like, I'm I'm really glad and proud that I could be here, considering this is where we played the final. But to me personally, it doesn't mean a lot because I wasn't here. Mm-hmm. And the guys that I'm with, and um, we're we're all around about 26, 27 years old. So. They were here when they were 9, 10. Yeah. But I'm with guys that were here um, when they were about 25, 30. And we've walked around the town and they do not have any recollection of anything. So it must have been <laughs> a good away day. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, have, yeah. You know what they, like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and it must be good. Yeah. And it's obviously really important for a lot of people to be there, even though, unfortunately, there are no tickets to get into the game. Well, it's not exactly the, the supporters' fault. I mean, Real Betis released a statement to say, guys, great news. Um, away fans are allowed in the stadium. So everybody booked accommodation. They booked flights. Everything was hunky-dory. It was all happening. And then 24 hours, 24 hours after that announcement, they said, listen, um, the Spanish authorities have been in touch. It's not allowed. But I think I think about 95% of the people that um, booked the flights, booked the accommodation, they still came out regardless whether or not they got a ticket or not. And that's that's kind of what Seville's like at the minute. It's for the Celtic supporters who know they're not going to get a ticket, mm. but in the same in the same breath, they don't care. Do you know what I mean? It's all about being here, supporting the team, whether it's in the stadium or in the city, it doesn't matter. It's just, do you know what I mean? That, that, that's yeah. what it means to be a football supporter. Do you know what I mean? It yeah. doesn't always go your way, but that, that's what it is. That, that's a real devotion, Marvin Bartley, isn't it, to the club? I was about to say that because, you know, Rewind three or four months when fans are talking about, you know, having a protest and something else when, when I was on the show. And, you know, hearing Alex, you know, say 90% of fans have gone out there knowing that they, they can't go into the stadium just to support the players when they do come across them in the street or, you know, outside their hotel or anything else. It's, it's, it's magnificent. And to hear, you know, Celtic fans speaking this way about their club again, you know, it's brilliant to hear, you know, although obviously we pay them on Sunday, so hopefully they get stuck out there. <laughs> um, no, it's fantastic to hear, you know, and Alex, I need to congratulate you on, on your run. That's absolutely brilliant, um, you know, to put yourself through that um, in, in order for other people to, you know, basically benefit from it is, for me, is brilliant, you know, absolutely fantastic. So well done on that. And if you do swim the channel as well, then good luck with that. Because um, I can't even swim a length, so... Mm, <laughs> that'll be tough. Yeah, exactly. Um, but no, brilliant, brilliant that they're out there. And as I said, it's so good to hear, you know, Celtic fans speak about yeah. their club like this again. And in pa- Ange no, Postacoglu, do you trust Alex? Yeah, of course I trust him, yeah. I mean, I mean, like like you just said there, it's amazing to see how how negative and how poor Celtic were three, four months ago. But that that's what it means to be a football supporter. And this, mm-hmm. this doesn't just go for Celtic. This goes for Celtic, Rangers, Aberdeen... Morton, um, you, you go there to support the team. Even so, even Kilmarnock, you better include Kilmarnock for Chris yeah. Burke. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, well, 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 do you know what? I won't include Kilmarnock because they went down this year. But everyone knows about <laughs> Kilmarnock. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm only joking. No, but yeah, 100%. It's in the DNA. It's, it's what you do as a fan. But um, I mean, I, Rangers were the perfect example of that. Like Celtic kind of went through it on a sort of miniature scale. Yeah. The, the, the team were declining. The manager, everything was negative. They had to go through a sort of transition phase. 
I mean, luckily, our transition phase has been about four or five months, not 10 years, okay? But uh, it is what it is, and that's, that's, why, that's what it means to be a football supporter. And what are you thinking about the game tomorrow, Alex? Um, what, in terms of result? Yeah, well, I mean, obviously Celtic are minus... Callum McGregor, uh, Abada's not playing, Greg Taylor's out, there's no James Forrest at the moment. Um, Kyogo obviously is a is a big absentee. That's that's kind of half half the team. It's gonna be difficult, isn't it, without those guys? Well, it was gonna be difficult, but I mean I didn't anticipate these things, but I did bring my football boots and shit. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> He's ready. So <laughs> now nah, all jokes aside, all jokes aside, they're obviously massive losses. I mean Abada is the flair, he's the spark. Kyogo's the flair, he's the spark. I mean, if you if you think about the Celtic team before Kyogo and Abada went in there, mm-hmm. we that's what we were lacking. We were lacking in Abada and Kyogo. So with them gone, um, I don't really have high hopes. And when you take Kyogo and Abada away, you look to, when you take away the flair, you look to your captain. So we've now lost the flair, we've now lost the captain. So whatever hams hams, you never know. You never know. Enjoy. It's a good opportunity for a lot of players to step up in prizes. Yeah. yeah, well, that's that, That's the message from the gaffer. That's for sure. We'll be hearing from him throughout the show uh, what he's been talking about today. Uh, but, but do you have a good time in Seville? And uh, and so when, when can we expect the, the channel swim? Right, so at the minute, I'm training for it. I'm training for it. I've, I've actually just... We'll see since the, um, since the Hamden to Wembley run happened. Um, a running coach got in contact with me and he was like, oh, I see great potential, this and that. So I've started actually coaching professionally about a runner. Right. Um, so I'll see how that goes. But if the channel so happens, it's either going to be, what year is it now, 2021, 2022 or 2023, one okay. or the other. But either way, it'll be for fun. The community centre we've built and this money will be used to sort of maintain the community centre, if you like. You're some man. Yes. Brilliant. Give me inspiration. Yeah, now. I know. It's been really good to talk to you again, Alex. We'll, we'll keep in touch with you, obviously, but always good to hear from you uh, and have a great time in Seville. Right, guys, thanks very much. Really appreciate you talking to me again. And it's, uh, it's good to hear you as well. Um, fingers crossed. Yeah. To get a result. yeah, all the <laughs> best. Thanks, Alex. All the best. Cheers, Alex. Yeah, I'm yeah, I'm pretty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's going on just now. I'm getting in trouble. All right. You better go then. Bye bye. The Go Radio Football Show. Download the Go Radio app to listen live weeknights from five. Yeah, we're off to lively start Wednesday's Go Radio Football Show. Good to have you with us. Good to hear from Alex Woodward. Not content with uh, running 15 marathons in 15 days, he's now going to swim the channel. Um, he is some sort of superhero, isn't he? Complete inspiration, he is. Yeah. Honest. Um, he should do some, you know, inspirational talks as well. Yeah, he should. Yeah. Other than he's got definitely a, a career after this as well, where he's done some marathon running, he's conquered that. Now he's going to swim the channel. He's probably going to conquer that. What he is, he's 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 resilient and he's working. He he looks for constant improvement within himself as well. Um, he takes a what you people would see as a, a negative situation, but he's put that into a positive and he's inspired a lot of people, three people in this room as well, mm, but yeah. more so other people as well. Yeah, there's no stopping him. and Good to hear him. And uh, let's hope uh, for his sake and for Scottish football's sake that Celtic get off to a good start in the Europa League group stages tomorrow. Rangers as well. Uh, what about their injury list going into that game against Lyon tomorrow? Yeah, it's basically as it was. Obviously, Phil Alanda will be missing. Um, Phil's had surgery in the last 
24, 48 hours uh, to fix an issue that they spotted when they went inside to have a look. So he'll be missing for the foreseeable future. Um, the rest are as it was. So we're in, we're in good spare, good health besides Phil. There was some thought about uh, recalling uh, Nico Katic, who, who's on loan at Hyduk Split, I think. But that ain't happening. I even, even if I had the opportunity to bring Nico back, I wouldn't make that decision because uh, that would be very selfish for me because Nico's at a stage where he needs to play and play regularly now to get back to his level. I think Nico's in the best place for that. I'm confident we've got the right amount of cover, assuming we don't have any more issues. Obviously, Conor Golson comes back and is available uh, for tomorrow. Um, we've also got certain players that can fill in into this position as well, if, if needs be. So at the moment, uh, it's obviously disappointing not to have Phil available, but we'll manage. And uh, for the foreseeable future, uh, in Hillander's case, is he's out until December. Uh, so it's a pretty lengthy absence, but that is really good news, Marv, for them, that, that Conor Goldson is out of self-isolation. He's available, because on the show last night, we were speaking about the potential of him missing out, as well as Hillander, and it might be a, a central defence of Balogun and Bassey. Yeah, it would have been a crisis without, without Goldson in there. Um, I think, as Stephen Gerrard said there, they, they can't afford any more injuries to that back line, especially the centre-halves. Um, you know, I'm sure Bassi can deputise in, in at centre back if need need be rather, but it'd be a lot easier for him to do that in the league than against you know Leon, who are a very very strong uh, European outfit. So yeah, Goldson coming back is, is kind of a blessing in disguise for them because they definitely need him back there. Um, his experience, um, you know, he's a fantastic player for them. Also, you know, he's a leader. Although obviously Tavernil wear the armband tomorrow, I think Goldson's actually the vice captain. So it'd be good to have him back in there. Because obviously they have lost Holanda, who's again another fantastic player, but you get to replace him with Goldson. And he's hardly missed any games mm. for Rangers under Stephen Gerrard, and I'm sure it's the, it's Gerrard's fiftieth European match in charge, and I'm pretty sure that Conor Goldson will have played in all of those, yeah. uh, which is remarkable. So it's quite important to have him around, isn't it? he's been there for all the European successes they've had in the last three or four seasons you're right and obviously in isolation you can't meet with the group anyway even if he was still in isolation so it's good that he's actually back um, if it was an injury he would still have an influence within the group if he wasn't playing but he couldn't have because of the Covid restrictions um, but ha having him back is huge as Marvin said he is a vice captain but he's virtually a captain on the pitch anyway you can tell he's a great communicator with that that defensive line and with the goalkeeper and the players that play in front of him. He's a huge, huge influence in them. Um, a huge part of what was produced last season um, with the amount of clean sheets they had. He was another present. Um, so we're having him back has gave an extra boost for this Leon game because they're going to be tested against top quality team and a team that would probably have favourites to win the group. But uh, we've seen in the past how well Rangers have done at Ibrox. You know, they, they've don't think Fionnard, Porto, you know, the young boys themselves have not, you know, won against Rangers at Ibrox. So, you know, Stephen Gerrard's European success is, is very good and the team also. So having him back, Goldson's great to see. Um, great partnership as well, because you all know, Marvin, it's so crucial to have a good relationship yeah. at centre-back, isn't it? When it becomes, when it's just one in, one out, you don't know, you've not played together. It's yeah. very, very difficult. I know they got maybe away with it against the home game when Bassey filled in, but you don't want to keep that always happening. Um, so I think we're having Goldson and Balligan back, who have paired together quite frequently, will help massively for this game.
Yep, really important uh, to have uh, Connor Goldson available. Uh, so in terms of Rangers, and we will sort of try to sketch out both the Rangers and Celtic teams, we think we'll mm-hmm. line up we'll line up tomorrow night. But, but let's get a bit more background about Celtic now because uh, they have m- many more problems than, than Rangers have when you look at uh, uh, what they're facing up to. This was Ange Postacoglu uh, giving his update today. Cal's got a bit of a, a knock, so uh, he'll, miss, uh, he'll miss tomorrow. Um, and so, yeah, so he'll be... He'll be one that's out. Anthony Ralston's back, so he's available. So we'll get him uh, back involved. And uh, Lee Alabata will miss tomorrow night uh, as well because of uh, Yom Kippur. So fairly significant religious day for him. So um, so he'll miss out tomorrow night. And then uh, that's it from the weekend, I think, uh, ins and outs. It's not often you hear Yom Kippur propping up in, a, in an injuries update, but that's the reason that uh, Leo Labada um, is not playing. Carly mentioned at the top, that's Callum McGregor, obviously. So when you look at the players missing for Celtic, we touched on this earlier on in the show, McGregor, Kyogo, Abada, Taylor and Forrest is not ready yet. And you would probably say of those five, they, they would all start, wouldn't they, if they were available, Marv, if yeah. they're all fit? Yeah, definitely. You know, they listed five very, very good players there. And as you said, there'll be starters within the team. So it's very difficult, you know, when you have five starters out and you're thinking they've got to replace them with five other players. But as I said, the team looks reasonably strong. Um, for me, obviously, Montgomery's going to come in. Um, he's a young player who's been doing well. Um, he would probably thrive, you know, to play in such a big game. But... As I said earlier in the show, you know, opportunities, that's what you thats what you wait for in football. You know, all these players within that squad want to be starting week in, week out. And it just so happens that, you know, five will be missing now. So you've got to take your opportunity. Obviously, the manager would rather have those fives there, you know, ready to play. And they'll probably be starting for him. But for the boys who will go in and replace them, it's now time to keep the shirt. Because that's how, that's how it works in football, you know. Sometimes you get your opportunity if you come on as a sub and doing well. Sometimes somebody's injured and misses out and you go in and do well. So, you know, these players are really good players that are going to replace them Obviously, Montgomery, as I said, is a young player who's come through the youth system. But the rest of them are, you know, players that we know about that are seasoned professionals, um, you know, and, and it's still a strong Celtic team. You can what? hear vocally how Ange Postecoglou is if he's just used to it now, isn't it? Yeah. He's just been disrupted and with squad since the beginning. Mm, um, yeah. It's just the way he says it is if well, we'll just deal with and go on with it, and that's he's proven that since he stepped in the door, he's gotten the best out of the group, hasn't he? But, um, but what makes this painful for him is that. He's gone from a pretty chaotic situation. He's rebuilt the squad, <laughs> rebuilt the team, had that bit of momentum, results, wins, goals, and then suddenly it's yep. tor- torn to pieces again. But the, the one good thing is that when that has happened in the past, they've still played well. The yeah. performances, which he always th- talks about, performances are key. He thinks mm. the team can play well, still play the same way, um, and still try and get results as well. Um, Rob, so you are right, you're missing key players there. You are, and I think McGregor's a huge one as mm. well, especially at, at European stage. He's got vast experience as um, the captain of Celtic now. But who do you think will be the captain tomorrow night? Um, just looking through, could it be... Could Tom Ro- Tom Rogic? I'm going Joe Hart. But the experience yeah. that he Joe, has, Joe I know he's, he's newly in the door, but the experience yeah. that he do you, has... But do you want captain. the captain in goals? If, yeah. if you can help, yeah. If you can help it, you would probably wouldn't want that. But I think when probably you get that team, voice. yeah, exactly. <laughs> how experienced he is and the level he's played at. But but Berkey makes a key point there. You know, when you hear your manager's interview and he's as calm as that, and we'll just deal with it. Yep. That goes on to the players because players listen to it. Yeah, exactly. And you think, do you know what? We can do this because if he'd have been out there and he'd been really frantic and I can't believe this has happened and yeah, missing five players, yeah, then the players are kind of like, we're really up against this now. Where they'll listen to that and think, do you know what? The boys that do replace them, let's go out there and do this job. We can actually do it. The manager believes in us. You know, let's have some belief in ourselves. So, 
you know, I think I think he thinks a lot about the way he does come across in interviews. Yeah, Whether he, he is inside, he might be panicking yeah, and, yeah. and really sweating, <laughs> but he's he's all, always calm. And you know, I think that's fantastic. When he needs to be kind of a, a bit louder and a bit abrupt in what he's saying, then he, he's he's that way. You know, when he wanted his players in, and he wanted more mm. signings. He, he let the media oh, yeah. know. Yeah, yeah, I need these players. Yeah. You know, you know, we need to get them in. And and you know, lo and behold, they got them in. But he's very very calm there, and I think you know he knows that has a knock on effect to his playing squad. Here he is on the absence of his skipper. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's not great. I mean, obviously, he's a very influential player uh, for us. But, yeah, we're going through a period like that at the moment where we're, we're getting some significant outs. But, again, I mean, it's it's kind of been the, the state of play since I've got here. We've, we've sort of been in a constant state of flux, not being able to settle. But, again, that's, you know, I see that as an opportunity for us to build resilience through this period and, and just keep going with what we've been doing and play our football. And if we can get through these periods without sort of shifting from now the kind of team we want to be, then it's going to make us even stronger once we get everyone back. He was asked as well about Forrest and Taylor. Greg um, looks like he'll probably need surgery on his shoulder, so we'd expect him to be out for a medium-term sort of time frame. Um, so he'll be out for a while. Uh, James is not far away. He's, he's got sort of one final hurdle to get over in terms of being available for selection. Um, he's working awfully hard in rehab and, and training but hasn't joined the group yet so but we're hoping he'll join the group probably over the next sort of seven to ten days and it will be really good to get uh, to get James Forrest back that sounds like a, a big issue with, with Greg Taylor doesn't it mm-hmm. his absence because they, they haven't there was lots of talk about them buying cover yep. for Greg Taylor and now he's out yeah. so you know I, I don't Another know whether they'll be, able, they'll, they'll be able to get find somebody out with the transfer window, find somebody who's 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 got freedom of contract or yeah. somebody available because otherwise it's you know either Juranovic, Juranovic, Juranovic. at least they've got somebody who can now switch across. He can cover maybe right back and left back, and I suppose Adam Montgomery could play there as well. Mm-hmm. Well, you've got two then for cover, haven't you? I think Montgomery coming in and impressing, I think's helped as Marvin said. He's been impressive every time he stepped on the pitch. Um, whether that's a bit further forward as a, le- as a left back or the left midfielder. So, Juranovic, I think, proved massively that he can play either side. Um, played in the big occasion against Rangers, so he can do both. He, he looked as if he was a left back. If I was to watch him and I didn't know his position, it would look to me as if he was. So, it's just whether he goes with Juranovic on the right and keeps, you know, Ralston because he's, he's not played that much since. Um, I don't know if he had isolation or with COVID restriction or whatever it was and then just puts Montgomery in the left back role or he just sticks to Juranovic and Ralston as well so in the left back and the right back slot but I'm sure he'll be delighted to know that we're going to help him out anyway (laughs) in the course of I'm going to help myself out here (laughs) in the course of the second hour of the show we will be picking Andrew's team for him he'll be ignoring that completely of course and we will be uh, trying to sort out Rangers as well not so much disruption as far as they're concerned but two massive matches 5.45 for Celtic in Seville and 8 o'clock Rangers at Ibrox The Go Radio Football Show Download the Go Radio app to listen live weeknights from 5 The Go Radio Football Show Download the Go Radio app to listen live weeknights from 5 You know sometimes we we get talking off air and then the theme tune comes on and we Mm -hmm. realise we're back to business Um, Champions League is up and running again Uh, some early games going on uh, right at this moment Um, 
I was watching uh, Barca against Bayern last night. It was really sad. Barcelona, what they have become. Uh, but Bayern Munich, so impressive. And I take it, Marv, you must have been watching the big match in the Champions League last night as well. Yeah, yep. I was watching the big one. I bought my free QPR. <laughs> <laughs> so I was keeping an eye on that game. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was the most important game for me yesterday. And Ryan Christie, as we were speaking about off air, that did really, really well. Yeah. Um, seems to be fitting in straight away. And yeah, he works extremely hard, did well for the team going forward and, and also the defensive side as well, playing in the number 10. Is that going to be a good move for him, do you think? Will, will Bournemouth get up? For me, I hope so. I hope, I hope they get up. Um, but it must be so difficult to leave Celtic. You know, I just think Celtic and Rangers are such big clubs and it might be a shock to him. But obviously, he might go down there and the wages would be good, especially if they go up, the wages would be fantastic. But no disrespect to Bournemouth, if I played there, I think it's 14,000 seat stadium. Mm. You go from playing at Celtic Park to yeah. to that, and you know everyone in Glasgow knows who you are. So mm. everyone in Scotland, you play for Celtic, everyone knows who you are. And, you know, Bournemouth, you can walk around there; it's kind of a retirement place. Even mm. in the Premier League, nobody knows who they are. You just walk past anybody. But listen, for him, he probably needed a new challenge. He's obviously always wants to go down to England, and Bournemouth's a fantastic club to be at. Um, but no, I hope for his sake they do get promoted and he gets you know test himself in the Premier League because he deserves it. I think he's got a great attitude, hasn't he, Ryan yes. Christie? Whatever size of crowd he's playing in front of, and maybe what Marv is, is saying <laughs> about his performance last night bears that out. He is. Well, I've not seen him play yet for Bournemouth, but I know how exactly he will play because he plays the same way all the time. He's very energetic. Um, he's a great presser off the ball. Is somebody you want in your team who just lifts the team, even if you've got the ball or if you've not got the ball, and. You've asking the question there about you know you don't know if he should have stayed at Celtic, um, but I th I, I think Marvin, you're right. He just wants a, a, a fresh challenge, yeah. and I'm only saying that because I'm talking for myself. When I was at Rangers, mm -hmm. as much as I wasn't playing as much as I would have liked, I just felt as if I needed a fresh challenge. You know, I was playing the same teams five, six times yeah. every season. Um, I wanted to test myself what it would be like in England, um, and I'm so happy that I did do that. So maybe that's what he's done exactly the same um, and maybe he's used it as a stepping stone as well to if he doesn't get promoted um, by Bournemouth maybe another team will come calling and uh, Kilmarnock going to replace Livingston in the top flight of Scotland <laughs> next <laughs> season <laughs> Is, have you had words at all across it the it depends studio? if Marvin comes out of retirement or not <laughs> it's got to happen hasn't it it's going to happen in the next three or four weeks I think anyway. are you ready <laughs> no <laughs> Okay, that's the end of that one then. Uh, Champions League underway. Borussia Dortmund have just gone ahead against Besiktas. Group C of the Champions League tonight. Sheriff Tiraspol won up against Shakhtar Donetsk as well. Man City play Leipzig at 8 o'clock tonight. Uh, Bruges against PSG. That will be Jack Hendry if he gets a start for Bruges against Lionel Messi and co. That could be quite an experience for him, mightn't it? Yeah, exactly that. Um, you know, somebody who obviously was seen as not being good enough for Celtic going on loan. Um, and you know now he's playing in the Champions League possibly against you know Neymar Mbappe, uh, Messi. So uh, and then he needs to play Man City as well. Yeah, exactly. It's yeah. easier for it's him, a doesn't great it? Test. Oh, fantastic! And he's been brilliant as well coming to this obviously the national team as well. Mm -hmm. That really assured and and his journey, by the way, I think it's a it's a huge thing. You know that young players should look at because sometimes in football, you know, you had adversity and you're not going to be, you know, playing in certain teams and the disappointment of going. I think it's from Dundee to Celtic and not going away. He wanted it. To, he didn't give up. You know, he decides to go on loan, works really hard, played really well, and now he's playing in the Champions League. So it just shows anything can happen in exactly. football. You know, keep working hard because football's a game based on opinions. Yep, he's kind of reinvented himself uh, both as a person and as a player. Well done, Jack Hendry. So Bruges against PSG, Man City, Leipzig. That's Group A. And then Group B, some group this one, Atletico Madrid play Porto, Liverpool at home to 
Milan tonight. So great games in the Champions League, Europa League, of course, tomorrow night. Uh, Celtic in Seville to play Betis and Rangers at home to Lyon. Let's speak to Gordon, who's a Rangers fan. Hi, Gordon. Hi, guys. How are you doing? Yeah, Hi, good, God. thank you. What are you thinking? No, no, I was, I was doing all right until you started talking about the Champions League game. But, <laughs> um, not there, but uh-huh. um, no, I'm, I'm, I was coming on. I'm, I'm feeling quite confident for Thursday night. I know I've said that a few times when I've been on. I've been speaking to Barry and that, um, mm. and then obviously I kind of jinxed it because I said we could beat MB and Urbain. We went out and done that against Malmo. But I'm just kind of hoping that was a, a kind of one-off performance for us in Europe because we, we don't really underperform in Europe and under Gerard. As I say, plenty of times we seem to really step up our game, and hopefully we balance into win. It's a big bonus. Obviously, it's, it's really disappointing to hear about Holland and mm. wish it must be the recovery. But um, I, I know the Balogun's more than capable of coming in. I know a lot of folk kind of worry about him and that, and he didn't have the best of games against Malmo. But hopefully, his confidence was kind of boosted. I know it was a different position he was playing right back, but hopefully, his confidence is boosted and it kind of can push him on to a better performance in um, Thursday night. And I think it will help us in terms of the league as well because whenever we were playing Thursday Sunday football um, in the league that's always when we played our best even domestically when we were coming off the, the back of really good performances in Europe we took that into our domestic fixtures and that's when we played our best and that's what I, I'd said before that we took our dip in form whenever we stopped playing the Thursday Sunday whenever like, in between the the group stages and the knockout rounds, our, our form really kind of dipped and stuff like that. We didn't play as good football. So I'm thinking maybe playing the kind of better opposition again every Thursday, it'll kind of help us focus mm-hmm. and get us playing a bit better, get us moving the ball a bit better because we've not started off that great and we've not been playing that well. And, but in saying that, we're still top of the league. Yeah. So I'm just I'm hoping that that's something for when we actually kick into gear and we start playing well. I'm just hoping that that kind of pushes us on and we can kind of push ahead further. But obviously we've not been great. We're still top of the league though, so that kind of says volumes for for squad depth and stuff like that. So I'm just kind of hoping once we get a full strength squad and start the Thursday Sunday football and hopefully start that after a good result against Leon Thursday night. Yeah, I mean, you were talking about uh, Holander missing and, and uh, Leon Balogun playing, but it's a big boost, isn't it? It's great news that the confirmation that, that Conor Goldson is out of self-isolation and available, because otherwise it might have, might have been Balogun and Bassey as your central defence tomorrow night. Oh, definitely. I don't give me that. I know Bassey can play centre-back. I don't think he's ever played centre-back for us, but I know he can play centre-back. Sure I think he, he played. He certainly played against Fal- Falkirk last season yeah. in the League yeah, Cup. Yeah, right. Yep. Um, yeah, that, he, he can play there but again it's a game against Leon. it's not as if we're no um, disrespect him but it's, it's not as if we're playing a Dundee or a St. Martin or whatever hmm. we're, we're, we're playing a, against top top European opposition probably, arguably should be in the Champions League with the players we've got and stuff like that so it, it, would, be a, it would be a big ask of Calvin Bassey and Wayne Balogun to strike up a partnership that sure quick, um, in the one night against Leon. but uh, it's a massive massive boost for Conor Goldson to come back and I'm delighted that He's available, and I mean, I don't see, I don't see any any problems with his fitness. What was it, eighty-one games in a row he'd played before yeah. that? So, um, I don't think fitness will be a problem. I think it was maybe the rest would have done him a bit of good. Maybe the time off in the legs and that maybe help him kind of yeah. uh, reboost his energy and that. And hopefully, um, I, I think that's a big boost. And I think that will help Liam Balogun as well. I think he'll be a lot more confident having Connor Goldson behind him, uh, beside him. Sorry, Gordon, Chris Buck here. Hi, mate. Hi, you're right. No, obviously we're talking about the defensive line. I'm just um, interested to see your your point of view on, you know, I think Ruth's a fantastic player. Um, ah. I think he, he's he's scored so many goals. I think it's something that 
you know, 28 starts, 22 goals. You know, his goal-scoring form is, is is amazing for Rangers. That came out roof, you said, yep, sorry. Yeah, roof, yeah. yeah. You know, where do you see him best fit if you're going to play Morelos? Um, would, would you rather he comes off the bench then to, to replace Morelos um, and play two wide players either side of him? Or do you think Roof and Morelos are good as a partnership with maybe Kent on the left-hand side? No, I, I, I think Roof's best position is centre-forward. because, And I say that because he is so deadly finishing, as you say, his goal tally kind of speaks for itself he's, he's such a good I'd, I'd go as far I said it before he's my favourite Rangers player now, and I'd go as far to say he's probably the best if not one of the best players in Scotland at the moment and I think his best kind of his best kind of position is probably centre forward and saying that though that would mean dropping at Morelos Morelos is due to a good bit of form too because he always comes into these sports forms where he, he starts scoring goals for fun and I think with him and Morelos they've done it last season they scored quite a few goals together and sometimes with Morelos playing that kind of what is it false number nine they call it he got rid of a lot of goals and it helped Kent get a lot of goals as well and goals came through all over the park but um, I've noticed uh, Morelos playing a wee bit higher up in the front line this season so I don't know if maybe help if he kind of drops off a bit but I think Ruth's more than capable of playing wherever you put whether it be on the, the left, right, up, up the up the, uh, the centre of the park, I don't really think it matters where you play him. He'll adapt and he'll score your goals. He's dangerous in the meter where he is. And even you seen that four-one game against Celtic last season, he was outstanding. And I think a lot of people kind of overlook his performances sometimes. But for me, I, I, he's the first name in my team sheet. Came Roof. Marv, you'll have played against him a few times. How highly do you rate Roof? Yeah, I agree with Gordon. Um, you know, he's a, he's a fantastic footballer, and he's also a footballer that. I think wants to play through the middle, but if you do put him wide, then you know he puts in kind of the, the same type of energy that he would if he was a striker. Um, you know, I, I think Roof's throughout his career, he's always been rated. You know, he scored the goals that he did at Leeds, and he got the move to Anderlecht. And the only problem that he's probably had, he's been un, unfortunate with injuries. You know, because I think that's kind of blighted his career a little bit. And I'm saying this, and he sits at Rangers Football Club, you know, one of the the biggest clubs around. Um, but for me, I, I agree with Gordon, an absolute fantastic player. Um, you know, always gives us all, and he's just so calm in front of goal. You know, he really does. You know, when he gets in the box, he, he, nine times out of ten, he's going to put it in the back of the net, and you're confident he's going to do that. Um, and Gordon mentioned his goal scoring record there as well. Wherever he's gone, he scored goals. You know, that, that's just what, that's just what he does, mm. and he's doing it from a wide position at this moment in time. But you know, obviously got Morales who plays up front also, so it's difficult for him to get through the middle. But you know, I, I think at times Ruth will play as a number nine this season, and st- I mean starting as a number nine because there'll be some form of rotation. Um, you know, and you, and you back him to score when he does play as a nine. As we're piecing together our Rangers team f- for tomorrow night, uh, Chris, if ba- if 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 it's Goldson and Balogun, which it will be now, you would yep. imagine central defence. Is it Bassi or Barisic at left back? That's a great question. Um, I'm going to go with Barisic just because of the sheer experience that he has, um, more so than Bassi. I th- I've liked the look of Bassi. I think he's he's progressed very well. Um, since obviously the last season, he's still young and learning, and I think it's a great, a great learning curve for him. To, for the likes of Barisic, that's in front of him. So for me, I don't know about uh, Gordon, yourself, and Marv. I would go with Barisic with uh, playing left back. What do you think, Gordon? Well, I don't know if you remember, but I was when I spoke to Barry. This was just before the old firm, and obviously Barisic had a really good run of form. And uh, me and Barry says we both agreed that. 
Bassey should start for the old firm game. Obviously, couldn't he? And Barisic came in. I don't, I don't think he had a, a, an amazing game, Barisic, but it showed you. He, he did put in a decent performance. He was better than what he'd been shown. But I think you've got to remember he'd just been coming back to injury and that. He didn't have the kind of, he didn't have the Euros that he thought he was going to have, or the injury he thought he was going to have. So I did say at the time, Bassey, but as Chris says, Barisic's European uh, experience is vital, and I think. Uh, for me, I would need to start Barisic because that's no disrespect on Bassi. He's had a brilliant season so far. He's been playing brilliant and he's proven that he can be trusted. When Barisic drops out, he can go in because last season, after the St. Martin away game, the cup defeat that we had, um, he was a bit shaky and there was a few doubts over him. But I think the start of this season has really shown that he can come in if he's needed. So I, w- I would go with Barisic, uh, Barisic to start with. As Chris says, it's his, it's his experience in Europe and the amount he's done for us in Europe. I think that will prove vital on Thursday night. I, t- I take that point completely. At mm-hmm. his best, yep. he is an absolute weapon uh, against the, the best of opposition in European football. But he hasn't really yeah. captured that so far this season. That, and, and clearly, Stephen Gerrard must have a doubt about him and, and maybe at the moment Bassi edges it for the for the manager, Chris? I think Bassi's pushing Barisic, which is a great challenge to have um for Barisic and Bassi himself. Um hopefully that pushes him to perform better. You're probably right in saying that he's probably one of the Rangers players and probably one of a f- the few Rangers players that have not performed to the level yet that they're expected because of how good they were last year. Um, you got to also take into consideration that he did go to the Euros and he travelled a lot and there's a lot of games getting played. He's played a lot of football in the past, what, 12 to eight, mm-hmm. 16 months as well. So there is going to be a dip in form and we're probably judging that performance on what it was last season. But if you're having to choose someone to play in the big games, no matter how well they performed, I'm going with experience first just because of that. Um, and... Gerard said it himself, you know, he, he, he needs everybody to be full concentration for this Leon match because it's arguably the best team that they may face in Europe since he's been the manager. So for that, you need the best players. And Barisic, for me at this moment in time, is still the number one left back. I get the feeling that the weekend, Marv, was really important for Rangers. I mean, I, I just the tone of voice that Steven Gerrard was using on the back of that, the, just... The, there's no doubt they're not firing on all cylinders at the moment there's so much more to come from Rangers but that's them got back to the top of the Premiership where they finished last season I mean does that seem to you pretty a pretty significant weekend that they are again top of the pile? Yeah it, it definitely is I think for two reasons one you want to be winning your league games because you do want to be top of the table but two you're going into you know a European game next and you need to go into these games you know full of confidence especially when you're playing somebody like Leon. Um, you know, it's never easy to go and play St. Johnson. We saw what they did last season, you know, winning both cups. Um, it's not an easy, easy stadium to go to. And listen, if Rangers win the league, no one's going to talk about, oh, the performances weren't very good. Nobody cares about it. It's all about winning stuff. They're top of the league at this moment in time and saying they've not started very well. I think they've, you know, won four out of their five games. You know, <laughs> I mean, what more do you want from them? I think last season we were, we were so, you know, Rangers fans and I think football altogether we're so lucky to see a team go undefeated and you know go about you know their games in the manner that they did we've become greedy they're not yeah. robots they're professional football players and listen they're top of the league yes some people say they can play better they're winning games of football that's all it's about because let me tell you something if Rangers were playing the best football in the world and they were sixth in the table you know people would be calling for Stephen Jarrett's head coming the end of the season you want to win things yes performances are great but I'll tell you what's better you know getting three points on a Saturday and progressing in Europe 
And I think you were making that point, Gordon, that, that there's so much still to come, isn't there, this season from Rangers. But already, um, you know, they've got that position, the position they want to be in, uh, right at the top, front runners looking to defend this title. Yeah, 100%. That's what I was saying. Obviously, a lot of people are talking about how Rangers aren't playing at their best and Rangers are underperforming. And folk were, I've heard folks saying, obviously, um, that people could have a bit of confidence coming in against us when we've been playing that well, but we still sit at the top of the league. And all I've heard, I've got a lot of friends that support Celtic and I've heard in other radio stations, blah, 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 how good Celtic are playing. Celtic are playing with this new attacking flair and they're this good and they're that good yet they're sitting fifth in the table and we're sitting first so I'll take that all day long I, I don't mind if we play every game where I can whimper see as long as we get three points at the end of the day I don't care how we play as, as Marvin said nobody talks about the performances at the end of the season if you win the league and to be honest last season we were never going to replicate that it, was just, it just wasn't possible like to come up and go unbeaten and stuff like that. No, I don't think any Rangers fan expected that. And But I know for a fact we've got another gear to kick up. I know we can start playing better football. And obviously we're kind of the constant players dropping in and out of the squad with injuries, COVID, isolation, whatever there's been. There's been quite a few in and out. Um, I think once we're back to a kind of full strength and Gerrard's got everybody to pick from, we can get a more solidified start in 11. I think that's when we'll start coming into kind of uh, better performances and as I say at the start of the call I think the Thursday-Sunday football helps us mm-hmm. if we're playing better opposition every kind of Thursday night I think it steps up our game it gives a better concentration level it kind of gets the players more stimulated and they perform better in the league they just always have done domestically and I've noticed that over the past couple of seasons so yeah. I'm looking forward to seeing how we progress after uh, these European performances and as I say hopefully we kick it off here a victory on Thursday night and what are you thinking about the scoreline for tomorrow night I'll go with a 2 0 Rangers victory hopefully <laughs> good man good call thanks for getting in touch with us and we'll hear from you soon no bother, guys. all the Thank best you. Cheers, 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 cheers Gordon bye the Go Radio Football Show. Download the Go Radio app to listen live weeknights from five. It was Jude Bellingham that got that goal for Dortmund, who were ahead in the Champions League. One of the early starts against Besiktas. Uh, Sheriff Tiraspol are ahead as well in one of the early starts. They're at home to Shakhtar Donetsk with lots more uh, Champions League football to follow in the course of the evening. And tomorrow night, it's all about Europa League. The group stages beginning for both Rangers and Celtic. Uh, Rangers have got Lyon and Sparta Prague and Bronby uh, in their group. Celtic up against uh, Ferenc Varos, uh, Bayer Leverkusen and of course all starts in Seville against Real Betis. What about Ange Postacoglu's approach to the game? Is he going to go for it? Uh, Fair chance. Are they going to play defensively, cautious, looking for a draw? Don't think so. My philosophy is if you win games, you've got a good chance of progressing. That's irrespective of home and away. And I think even more so in group stages, I think you start thinking about scratching around for a point here or there or, or trying to accumulate a certain amount of points to get through. I think you know, it's not the kind of football team we want to play. We want to be, um, we'll go there and we'll try and win a game of football. And, and that doesn't change and our approach won't change. Uh, it's not that we don't recognise that, you know, the opposition or the difficulty of the opposition or playing away from home. I understand all that. I think playing for those kind of outcomes is just fraught with danger. You're kind of starting already with conceding something and I'm not prepared to concede anything to anyone in any way, shape or form you know, with the football teams I'm in charge of. What I do know is the game starts 0-0 and then you've got 95 minutes to, to try and win a game of football. 
don't you just love listening <laughs> amazing, to right? Ange Foster Cogler? Incredible. You, uh, you can just imagine going and having a pint with him and, and him telling you all about his football philosophy. Well, would a pint you... of water, because you're trying to get me out of retirement. It wouldn't be an actual pint, would it? Would neither of you have a pint with Ange? Would it be... I don't drink beer, would, but if would, I had a chance to talk to Ange, I would have beer. <laughs> you go back on it. I deliberately kid on. I was liking yeah. it, <laughs> um, but I would love to. What if we got into the Champions League? If playing um, Paris Saint Germain and Man City, if it was, if it was yeah, the same. same but attitude. yeah, it's great to listen to, isn't, isn't it? it? Brilliant, absolutely brilliant. It is. I mean, that must be great to listen to in the dressing room before you go out as yeah, well. And, and, it, gives and it just and it, exactly, and it just makes you think. Even with half a team of first team regulars missing uh, tomorrow. That's not going to affect his approach, no. is it? Do you know what it does as well? See if they lose, they still have belief. Yeah. You know, you know what it's like, Mav. You go in and you stick to the philosophy, stick to the way he wants to play, the the ways, his words, his style from whenever it is the, the prep before. Um, and if it goes out and it doesn't work, you know, you can still see there's no self doubt in him. Mm. So there's no self doubt in the players. You know, in times of self doubt, maybe. In, in his own office he still has self-belief in himself and he portrays that to the group doesn't he and he's actually portraying that to the Celtic fans as well you know I bet you the Celtic fans that are listening to that there they think mm. to themselves they've got a chance yeah. even yeah. though they've got you know but that, that's the oh, thing it's, it's, what you're you back now I'm back yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah we lost you for a minute there yeah I don't know what happened there. anyway on you go Marv you can yeah speak. no I'm just saying it's, uh, it's so important that he's saying if we're going to lose a game we'll lose it our way this is the way we play football. This is Celtic Football Club. And like Chris said there, that's so uplifting for the players to think, you know what, we're going to attack anybody. You know, we're not scared of playing against any any team. We'll go and attack them. This is our philosophy. This is the way we play football. And should we lose, you know, we'll go out on our shield. Because there'd be nothing worse than going and playing this game, sitting behind the ball, losing 1-0, and thinking to ourselves, we could just go and attack them. This is not the way we play. You know, this is not our best form of defence for us isn't just defending. The best form of defence for us is attacking. This is what Celtic Football Club do under, under him. And, you know, I, I'm fully behind him and, and I am all teams in uh, in Europe, all Scottish teams in Europe when they go and play. And, you know, I look forward to their game because, you know, you know they're going to attack. You know, remember as well, Betis are vulnerable. You know, I think they yeah. got their first win on Monday night. Yeah. So, you know, there's not good times for them, um, even though they finished sixth last year. But I, I don't think they're a shadow of themselves now that we are last year. So I think that's another thing that Ange will be saying to the group. Mm. You know, we can upset the fans. We don't have our own fans, but we could affect the fans in another way mm-hmm. um, if we get a good performance. And if there's one thing I could, we can pro- probably guarantee is that Celtic will create chances. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and that's the bottom line. It's just whether they take them, whether they've got that clinical edge to them to, to finish them off. Yeah. Let's talk to Regan. How you doing, Regan? Uh, how you doing? Yeah, fine, thank you. You'll be an Ange lover. Yeah, I mean, Andrew's doing well, Rob. He's doing well. And I just love the way that Celtic plays at the moment. Yeah, what what would you like to say? What what point would you like to make, either about Celtic generally or, or tomorrow's game, Regan? I'm just looking forward to seeing how Celtic match up because uh, I watch a lot of Spanish football, Rob, and I just bet it's a really, a really good team. They've got some good players in their squad and they, like Chris said, they finished sixth last year. So this is actually there. First time in European football as well, so it'll be interesting to see how they match up. But no, I think in terms of Celtic, I'm just so interested. So hopefully, McGonagall he can do well because Greg Taylor's not in. Yeah. But no, I'm just looking forward to seeing Celtic 
playing to football and doing well. Let's have a listen to Arjun, what he said about Real Betis. You know, like all, all opposition, you know, we, we, we do our research and we've had somebody watch them play on Monday night and, you know, we've got all the information we need on them. Yeah, they're a pretty settled team. They, they, they brought in one or two, but, you know, they had a fantastic year last year. They've got an outstanding manager. And again, it's a kind of opposition we want to test ourselves against and uh, especially away from home. Um, you know, the quality side, they've got some real threats um, up front um, who, who, you know, uh, can cause any team problems. So um, <clears throat> I think it'll be a good game. I think it'll be a good test for us and I think it'll be a good game. And you know, from our perspective, again, it's about trying to impose the way we want to play on, on, on a very good opposition. Yeah, just looking at what they've got, they've got uh, Nabil Fekir, the, the French international, he plays for them. They've got Hector Bellerin, or Bellerin, depending on what your preference is, on loan from, from Arsenal. And they've got William Carvalho, the, the Portuguese international midfielder, so to, to name but three. So they, they've got some quality, Marv, about them, haven't they? Yeah, definitely. You know, you're not going into you know Europa League and expecting to play against you know a, a poor football team. Um, you know, it doesn't mean that Celtic can't go there and beat them. They've got Tello as well, who came from Barcelona and played for some big teams um, like Porto and other teams as well. So, yeah, they, they are capable, definitely. And as Ange says there, they've had them watched. Um, they'll fully respect Betis. But also you have to have a you know sense that we can win this game. What's also the point in going and playing? Mm. Um, as Chris mentioned there, they got their first win on Monday. So, you know, they'll be nervous going to this game as well. You know, when your, your fans are there and your fans are expecting you to go and win this game, um, I'm, I'm not sure how much respect you know Spanish supporters you know pay to to Scottish clubs, um, but you know hopefully Celtic can go there and and win the game. And as Chris said, you know you have to start well, you know turn the home fans against their own team, and then and then kick on from there. And I mean, listening to Ange there, he, he's got that he's got the balance right, hasn't he? I mean, he knows everything he needs to know about them, and there'll be plenty of respect. Mm -hmm. But he wants Celtic to do what Celtic do. Yeah, well, he said it there in his words. We are looking to impose our style on them. <clears throat> and if you can do that against a good team again that gives you more belief I think first and foremost they have to make sure they don't concede early as you would want to do in any European tie because I'm sure Betis will come at them with their fans behind them but it's a great test for them um, against a La Liga side who you would like to think and Anne said it there they're quite a settled team from last year as well they've just not hit the heights yet um, I think actually they rested one of their main players as well for, for this game so He'll probably step in. Um, I think it was um, Carvalho, you said? Yeah. Yep, him. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, so I think it's going to be a really really good test for them. But I I, I think there's one that Celtic can win. I, I, it doesn't matter to me that the likes of McGregor, Taylor, Forrest, Abada, Kyogo are all out. I just always think that Celtic will play the same way. I don't know about Regan, about that. If he thinks that would a point be good enough? Um, would you be happy to walk, go away from a point? Or would you be... We're more inclined to just to try and go for the three. No, definitely, Chris. I would take a, I would bite, I would your hand off as they say to take a point because I think with the Celtic situation at the moment, there's so many players under plus you've got Abada, Furashi, Greg Taylor, there's so many vital players that would be injured. Yeah. I want to ask you, Chris, who do you think will take the armband from from McGregor because he's not playing tomorrow? Yeah, no, we spoke about this a little bit Great earlier. Great question, yeah. Yeah, but it's a really good it's a good insight and in what you think. Um, I think, you know, Marv said Hart. Um, I think, um, Rob, you said maybe 
Uh, Turnbull or Rogic. I maybe maybe Rogic and I'm, I'm maybe Starfelt with that yeah. would you know because Center he's back. in the middle of the defence yeah. and, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and he's he's actually maybe that would help him yeah. in a way that would bolster his he's confidence. He's had some shaky moments maybe to I, give him the armband. And you said might a, yeti, right a yeti's obviously took the armband this season as well. But yeah. for me, I think Hart. I'm agreeing with Marv. I think he's had he's got great experience in the big occasion. Played Champions League, you know, played yeah. for Man City, been captain for Man City, and you need to remember. He captained his country for a long time, um, so I think that experience, uh, the you know the spine of the team, I think he'll bring a lot of experience and and probably nurture the ones that have maybe not experienced this sort of match before. Uh, what do you think, Regan? I was thinking Tom Rogic because and because Ange knows him, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah. I, I, I think Joe will get a good shot because Joe has had a great influence uh, for Celtic so far. Also, I want to say, um, see the last couple of games, I've noticed that a Jetty is not the kind of forward player that Furash is. Do you think that could temper uh, Celtic's approach in terms of not 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 not, not play football as much and try and get the ball to a Jetty? Well, let, let's get an answer from you after we've heard Ange talking today about the big chance that has cropped up now for a Yeti to to prove what he can do. It's it's an opportunity for for Albie and and you know again he's testament to if you work hard at training and you just got to be patient, wait for your opportunity. But the important thing is when the opportunity comes is that you you take it. You know he did that and you know he's he, he improved as the game went on and. It was hard for him because obviously when you haven't played for quite a while on a consistent base, it's hard to get a rhythm. But I said after the game, he really persevered in that area and got his rewards at the end. And like all goal scorers, I guess scoring goals, um, he'll be feeling good and looking forward to tomorrow. Marv, you would you would imagine this is last chance saloon for Ayeti. I mean, he ha- he has had his chances already. He did score a few goals right at the start when he joined Celtic coming off the bench and yeah. scoring. Uh, but in recent times, it's been pretty underwhelming from him, hasn't it? Yeah, but you're only as good as your last game, as, as Chris will tell you. Um, you know, everything that came before, I think there was questions about his fitness and, and everything else. But as the manager says there, his attitude's been absolutely brilliant. Um, and he's just been waiting for that opportunity. And then he, he took it with both hands, you know, he scored two goals. So, you know, it's now up to him to lead the line. You know, he knows he's going to be playing, um, you know, for the next few games at least uh, because of injuries, etc. Um, and that's 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 what strikers need is confidence to know that you know if I don't have a, if I have a bad sixty minutes I'm not going to be dragged straight away and then be on a bench for the next three or four weeks. You know he probably knows I can he can have a bad half and he's going to go out there for the second half and he can then improve on that. You know I think I think all attacking players kind of need that confidence to know that you're going to you're going to get a, a fair crack at the whip and you know he's worked hard in training and, and he reaped the rewards with scoring the two goals. You know and, and then can he go one step further? in this next game against Real Betis and, you know, grab himself another goal. What doesn't make it easy for him tomorrow night, and, and it's not going to be easy anyway against top opposition, Chris, is the fact that in the ideal scenario, he would be slotting in with maybe Kyogo playing mm-hmm. in off the left yeah. and Abada on the right, neither available. It's very much a reshuffled front line, isn't it? Yeah, you know, Regan said a good point. Did they play a different way? And Ange actually spoke about it in one of the last interviews. You know, we don't want to shift away from our sort of style as much. So maybe he might adapt a little way um, in this game coming up because Ayeti is different from Kyogo um, and he is um, different from Odson Edward as well. You know, and then you've got the likes of the supply that he's going to be getting is going to be different again. Um, and he's not really played with these players for for long spells uh, after just coming. You know, you've got the likes of Jota coming in who they've not really played together until, you know, last week there against um, Ross County. So it will be interesting because it just seems to me when Ayeti's in the box, that's when he's at his best. So 
the build-up play might be a little bit different. Um, it might be a, a more calmer approach. Um, it might be an extra touch before they get to the box for them. They can supply that ammunition for Yayeti to hopefully for Celtic put it in the back of the net. I just what what, what do you think, Regan? I think that it's it's obviously going to be different because Betis are used to playing with the the ball. They, they they played pretty well on Monday night. I watched the game and it looked to me as if they're going to dominate the game and the Celtic are going to need to maybe uh, try and uh, soak up some pressure and try and get a free kick or a corner and try and do it that way. But I'm looking forward to the game, Chris. I think it'll be a good... It'll be the first proper test branch and you, you people on... I know, I know, I know, I know that Celtic played um, Mitchell and Alma, but I think this is a different, a different kettle of fish. Yeah, it, it, it is going to be a big test, and and I think um, as Regan says, probably yeah. uh, you you would bite the hand off at the prospect of, of, of a draw. Yeah, in, in, in Spain tomorrow night. I think you've probably raised a really good point there. You know, Betis might have a lot of the ball, so is that threat of in behind then? Yeah, do we really have that? I don't know. You know, maybe Jota playing would help that situation of running in beyond yeah. a Yeti to then get up the pitch. Um, because obviously Kyogo's really good at that and he's not there. You know, Forrest, a bad as well. We've seen yeah. his pace in the right-hand side. So that we kind of lose that pace and threat in behind um, Celtic do. So they might have to approach it in a different way as, as I heard Angie's words, you know, as I said, the, the, the past interview there. Yeah. Regan, thanks for your call. Okay, cheers. Good to yeah, hear you. Yeah. All the best. Yeah. Big night tomorrow night. It's a double header for uh, Celtic. Firstly, in Seville, five forty-five. Rangers at Ibrox, eight o'clock. The Go Radio Football Show. Download the Go Radio app to listen live weeknights from five. Yeah, the Go Radio Football Show. Uh, Marvin Bartley. Chris Burke and Rob McLean. I'm Do you forget what? my name now? <laughs> <laughs> no, I just, I, no, I just left a, a little dramatic pause. I, no, I don't. It's because on there, on the sheet, it's probably says somebody else's name. <laughs> I was drafted in late. I'm so just, you were going to say that person's name. I was name. just looking at the Barry Ferguson crossed <laughs> out. But... <laughs> That's fine. Not no, at all. Care. Hey, no, you're, you're memorable. <laughs> uh, apart from that little split second where I forgot your name. Ah, it's <laughs> anyway, it's the three of us, and I'm worried about you two, I have to say. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm, I want to hear from you both. I'm worried because you're injured at the moment. You're mm-hmm. going to tell me in a sec. I'm worried because you're bottom of the league, Marv. Ah, What's happening? It's early days. Early days, what, five games in. And as, as Chris said there, if I need to come out of retirement, then I'm ready. You know, I, I oh, you're coming around to the idea. I'm, I'm, I'm ready, I'm ready. Um, I'm always ready. So. Who is it you play next? Uh, <laughs> Chris, leave me alone. Celtic We've got Celtic on yep. Sunday, Rangers Wednesday in the cup, and then Hearts next Saturday. I think Celtic haven't won at your place in about three years. Yeah. No, three seasons. Don't jinx it. I'm not going to jinx it, it, but that just shows you it's a great way to kickstart your yeah. career. Kickstart oh, kick the season, isn't yeah. it? Because sometimes it's better playing against the better teams. Yeah, yeah. Because then that gives you the lift, doesn't it? Exactly. No, I totally agree. And for some of the boys, we've obviously had a lot of players come in and be the first time playing against Celtic as well uh, mm-hmm. for us at home. So. No, listen, it's all there. We, we go there, we, we work hard. Um, obviously, it's our home pitch and, and we're used to it. People moan about the Astro Surf, et cetera, et cetera. We're used to it. Lovely so, surface. Yeah, no, exactly. But as I said, it's five games in. You know, I've, I've got full confidence within within the squad and it's us as a coaching coaching team um, that, that will be fine. Obviously, you know, nothing's guaranteed in this league. I think we've had two top six finishes the last two years. And, you know, maybe people expect us to do that again. But, you know, first and foremost, we need to stay in the league. And that's always, you know, what we aim for. 
you know, if we finish in 10th place and a successful season for Livingston Football Club because of the budget and God, you're else, you're talking yeah. like a manager now. <laughs> it's true though. Yeah, yeah, yeah you see that side of it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and it's not normal for us to be up there and, you know, be even more difficult than ever to do that this season. But as I said, you know, we're on one point, but we win a game and we jump up a few places and, no, we will be fine, Rob. We'll be fine. If not, we'll roll you out and then loan Berkey as well. Absolutely. <laughs> no, but, but seriously, could, could you come back? Could you? Could you play? Yeah. Is that a possibility yeah. that you can of play? Of course, I'm registered yeah. as a player. Yeah. Um, you know, so if the manager, but you seem to be writing off at the start of the season. But but is is that you coming around to the idea now of maybe making it, getting the boots back on? Well, you know, if the manager says that he needs me to play, then then I'm ready to play. Right. Um, you know, I, I've always said it's very difficult to be player and assistant manager if you're going to be playing week in week out. But if we get to a period in the season and he, and he says, you know, I need you to play, then, you know, I obviously keep myself fit and, and I'm ready to go. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe not start games uh, straight away. But, you know, if he says to me, I need you to start a game and see how long you can last, and I'll go out there and do it. You know, that's the way I went throughout my career. I'll always go out there and give 100%. And as I said, and if I can help the team on the pitch uh, as well as off it, then, you know, I'm more than happy to do so. I'm just looking at the league table. I mean, it's a really competitive league, isn't it? When, when you think that Aberdeen are in sixth, and yeah, they've been up and down, but but they've played some pretty tasty stuff mm -hmm. at times. They've invested a lot on the team. So, I mean, you you look at Rangers, Rangers and Celtic, obviously, Hibs and Hearts yeah. had one of them won. They were top of the league at the weekend. They both both look like really good teams. Motherwell are the surprise package of the moment, having uh, won their last three. Uh, so that, including Aberdeen, that's your top six. Dundee United beat Rangers. They've yeah. they've turned in some maybe surprising for some performances. Then it's St. Johnston, and we know what they've done uh, in Europe and uh, domestically and last season in the cup competitions. St. Mirren are third bottom, and then it's Ross County and Livingston. The quality seems to go a fair way down the league this season. No, exactly, and that's what I was talking about there. But I I, I do expect, you know, the top maybe five to, to, to kind of go for top six. Um, and it's weird, we do have a split here, but I think the split will be a lot earlier, you know, when you do look at the mm. league table. But as I said, you know, from us, we can only take care of what we can take care of. And, and that's trying to, you know, get your first win first and foremost. And um, we've got our first point of the weekend along with our first clean sheet. Um, so, yeah, now it's time to get our first win and, and, and keep working hard. But as I said, you know, I fully believe that, you know, we'll be, we'll be fine this season. Um, but that doesn't mean we can say, you know, I don't want to be here in January saying the same sorts of things. You know, we need to get our season kick-started straight away. And as Berkey said, what better time to do it than against Celtic on Sunday? I think the one thing that looks at me when I look at that table is you're one win you away. You want into it? Yeah. You're one win away. <laughs> you want into that? <laughs> Are you talking about the wrong league to me? Um, you're one win no, away. don't worry, I'm getting rent to it. <laughs> you're one win away from jumping a few places. Yeah, exactly. So that's hard to determine where you are yeah. at this mm -hmm. moment in time, aren't you? You know, you could be sitting... You know, Livingston are sitting bottom, but they could end up seventh. Yeah, yeah. Seven, I mean, eight, seven or eighth. John Hartson did snap at me last night, and he said there are thirty-three games to go. Yeah, <laughs> remember in the lot. league when I was sort of asking him if Rangers mm -hmm. haven't got to the top, but we're going to stay there for the rest of the season. He didn't. He didn't look too <laughs> impressed at that prospect. Uh, uh, to be honest, let's talk about the championship then. Uh, four wins out of five for mm -hmm. Kilmarnock. Only Inverness are in front of you. Have started the season really well, uh, but you were injured. What's the story? Well, I might not be injured now. Ah, could you be on the verge of a comeback? Maybe. Okay, is this code? Yeah, this is code, yeah. Okay, all right. <laughs> but my ankle feels really good. Okay, so you may or may not be <laughs> yeah, available yeah, at the but, weekend, uh, just in case the opposition yeah, 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 are yeah. Listen, listening in. Of course, um, but yeah. we have a, a tough game um, against Partick Thistle on mm. um, Saturday, a team that I've, I've done well, especially 
You know, you need to remember they came from League One um, and they've started really well. A team that seems as if they score a lot of goals, but like this league here, you know, the top league is very open at this moment in time. Um, the championship. Who, um, who's all in it? So who, Inverness. Who, who, who you're saying Inverness the, have started. You said Inverness were doing really good. I think they're doing amazing. They've yeah. won five yeah. games out of five. They beat us at home one zero. Um, they come back for a goal down the, the weekend there against Party Thistle and beat them three uh, one. Mm. So it's a tight league. I don't know. It's early doors. I think to say who's going to be challenging. I think it will be tight. Really, realistically, people will be looking at Inverness and ourselves. And maybe beforehand and Fermlin, um, to think that they would be challenging and maybe the outsider would have been party Thistle just because of maybe the budget and the size of the club. Um, but then you look at our bro, Rob. Dick, Cam- Dick Campbell's one of my favourite people in football. I think he, he's nobody swears quite as well as Dick. Yeah. Well, I don't <laughs> and, know. And he tends to do it all the time. No, but he, I mean, he's an amazing enthusiast, isn't he? Yeah. And he's doing a fantastic Unbelievable job. Unbelievable job. And they get beat their first game. Yeah. That's what you need to remember. Yeah. Um, and they're sitting, um, I think, third yep. place. So. We play them after Party Thistle away and I've never been away to Arbroath but the boys keep telling me it is an experience. So <laughs> Get some Smokies when you're up there. I'm looking forward to that one. Yeah? Yeah. What, the Smokies or I the game up there? I what the Smokies means but I'll just agree with no, you. No, the smoked fish, that smoked fish, it's a delicacy right. you get it in oh, our, it? They do it in Arbroath, yeah. I'll get yeah. one, hopefully I'll get that, that could one. Be your, anyway. That could be your bonus. That could right, be the man of the match. Pre-match meal. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Let's uh, turn our th- thoughts back for just for the last few minutes of the show then to uh, tomorrow night. Um, Stephen Gerrard speaking about the challenge of Lyon. I think arguably the best. I think it's, you know, a full strength. Lyon, uh, as I said earlier, in my opinion, very much a Champions League team with Champions League calibre players. Uh, they've got a manager who got this job on the back of doing ever so well as the Bayer Leverkusen manager. He's been here before. He knows what we're about. So this is a real big test tomorrow and there's no doubt about it we have to be at our best um, and that goes for both sides of the game we have to have a high level of focus and concentration tomorrow because if you don't against these teams you can be punished and punished very quickly so um, it's a real good test for us a good challenge but we've also got to have our own confidence and our own belief that we can play at this level we can compete and at the right times during the game we have to show bravery that we can go and hit the opposition as well so we know the size of the challenge and it's arguably the biggest we've had as a group European game in charge of Rangers number 50 for Steven Gerrard quite incredible and he, and he can dig back into great performances against really good teams I mean the two the two that keep screaming to my mind maybe because I, I watched them up close was the two games against Benfica yeah. at, who, who are a Champions League team playing at that point in the Europa League no exactly um, you know they can draw on that experience he can draw on that experience he can draw on his own experience of playing in Europe and you know it's going to be in front of a sellout crowd as well. And it'll be absolutely fantastic to, you know, be at Ibrox tomorrow and whoever gets to play, whoever gets to start, you know, what a fantastic occasion. And, you know, Stephen, Jared and, and the players will be going into full of confidence. As we said, they, you know, they won at the weekend, they're top of the league. Right now, let's go into Europe and let's, let's like, start our European league, uh, kick it off tomorrow. Um, and, you know, Leon are a very, very good team. Let's be honest, but so are Rangers. You know, so I expect it to be a, a tight game. Um, but you know, I fully believe that you know Rangers will go into that, you know, thinking they can win the game, and, and why not? You know, we we yeah. said we would take a, a draw on Celtic's behalf in mm-hmm. Seville. Would you take a draw for Rangers at home to a team of Leon's quality, or or would that be one that you would be desperately wanting to win and expecting to win, Chris? You would like to win all your home games, wouldn't mm-hmm. you, to qualify from the group? So, but in the same turn, you have to think that Leon, you would, I don't know if you would say they were favourites to to qualify albeit it's a tough group um, I think 
you don't really want to lose your first game, Rob. I think then you're chasing. You're chasing points then. So I think a point wouldn't be so bad. I think, but Stephen Gerrard brings an expectation, so now, expect, expectancy now to the, to these group of players um, because of what he's he's achieved in his career. Um, and you can see that the demands that he sets in the European stage. Mm-hmm. And you can see that it turns now and that's how you've got great performances in European games because of what he's experienced as a player, now as a manager. Two of Leon's summer signings were uh, Jerome Boateng from Bayern and Shakiri, yep. the, the Swiss international midfielder who was at Liverpool last. They've also got Emerson on loan, mm-hmm. who was part of the Italian team that won that won the Euros, and he's on loan from Chelsea for the season. That tells you something about their spending power and their quality. It does. You're totally right, and I think um, Ekembe, uh, who scored 14 goals last year as mm-hmm. well. I don't even know if I'm saying it right. Um, excuse me, but they, they missed the pie as well. He scored 20 goals, so that's a, yeah. a large amount of goals missing. But and they missed in belly, obviously. Yeah, um, and they missed in belly, so their firepower might not be the same. Uh, but I think it's, it'll be a great matchup, if I'm honest, because I think Rangers play their best football in Europe, and I'm expecting Leon to to bring their A game to Ibrox. But I think at being at Ibrox, you can see what Rangers have done in the past and had great moments, as you've spoke about, Benfica, and getting good results against really good teams, Champions League teams. And I think Steven Gerrard will be saying that into the group, what happened at Benfica, um, playing a Champions League team. And, Remember, they played the young boys as well and got a good result mm-hmm. at Ibrox and they're a Champions League And they team. beat Man U last night. And they beat Manchester United yep. last night. So yep. they've also got that experience of, of beating top quality opposition at home. And a quick word about Celtic, Marv. Down, down on numbers and down on some quality, but you just have to listen to Ange to be optimistic on their behalf, don't you? Yeah, exactly. You know, if, if you can't listen, if you listen to that man, you're not optimistic, then nothing can kind of G you up for a game. Um, you know, so so passionate about it, so positive about it. It truly believes that they can go out there and win the game. They're going to go and attack from the start. So, you know, good luck to them. As I said, you know, football's about opportunities. I keep saying it in this programme, but that's, that's how it works. And hopefully the boys who come in, you know, do themselves justice. Just you keep on saying it. Thanks a lot, Mark. <laughs> no problem. Thanks for tonight. Uh, Chris, as well, good to have you Thanks for on the name, show. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I'm going to write it down next time. Uh, Paul is here tomorrow night with uh, Leanne Crichton and Craig Moore live at five. The Go Radio Football Show. Download the Go Radio app to listen live weeknights from five.